0: Hello everyone and welcome to From the Stands, a college football podcast. I'm your host Cole Miller and joining me for a very, very sad podcast is my good buddy Keith Evans. Keith, this is the last time we're going to pick
1: for almost eight months. Yes, it's it's a tough one. I'm trying not to, I feel like if maybe we don't mention it or don't don't talk about it, maybe it won't come to reality. Uh, This is, this is the the sad part of the season. Obviously, we get to start wrapping up and there is some football left with the NFL and, of course, the National Championship, but it is slowly dwindling down to just a handful of games that we have left to watch. One more college football game to watch. and It's just a tough part of the year. I feel like we wait all year for football to happen and then it, in a blink, it's over. But still, a lot of good football, a great season, honestly, a lot of exciting games, a lot of Big time plays and players and honestly just been has been great to watch. I just hate to see it end.
0: Absolutely. And uh, just a heads up, everybody, I'm a little bit under the weather. If my voice sounds weird, that's what it is. Uh, But we're going to power through it. We're going to do this podcast. One more, but I want to before we get to picking this game, Keith, I do want to go ahead and talk a little bit about bowl season as a whole up to this point. Obviously, we still have one very, very big game left. Um, Keith, so far, what has been kind of the trends that you've seen from bowl season that maybe you weren't necessarily expecting that we would see uh, when we were going into bowl season?
1: Expect the unexpected. There's no such thing as being prepared for these games. I feel Isn't like is that the truth? Just just our records alone as far as picks go are a pretty clear indication, not that we are the the leading expert as far as college football both games go or just college football in general. But I feel like we have a really good feel for the game, a really good feel for for football, honestly. And we just whiffed on a ton of these games and it's just But that's just how bowl season is. It goes. You have teams that aren't very familiar with each other, and while the numbers and the the data tell you one thing, you look up and it's completely flipped just because it's the last game, and so coaches are calling the games a little abnormally. Players are excited to get back, and so making mistakes or making bigger plays, knowing that, hey, this is the last game of the season, this is the last game of my college career, and – Game just goes sideways. So honestly, uh, the the trend is there is no trend because it's hard to say what what I was expecting has happened because nothing that I was expecting happened and all the things I was expecting to happen didn't. So it, it has been a very fun, bowl season to say the least. I, I, I think that we both have a handful of games that both of us really enjoyed. And, and, and honestly, Definitely it was just, so. just completely wacky.
0: Yeah, I think that um, the thing that kind of stuck out most to me and something that we definitely need to put in the calendar um, for next season, at least in the notes, so we know to remember this. But when picking these games, I don't think that – and I know personally I didn't take into account – just how important it is that certain guys are sitting out for the NFL. They aren't playing the games if they're a little bit hurt, especially in some of these smaller bowl games. And I think that that is definitely changing, um, changing the way results of these games are panning out, right? Like I think that we're seeing these teams that, had a really, really good defense, and then you take a couple pieces out uh, because they're going to the NFL or they're not going to play because they want to play next season, this type of thing. And what we're seeing is the defense completely fall apart. And I think that that is something that makes bowl season so much different than every other part of a regular football season because there is really no way to determine just how great one individual player is until they're not on the team.
1: Yeah, one or two guys can really swing the momentum of an entire team. And I know a lot of these guys are, are next man up and a lot of these guys are really clamoring to get on the field. But then you see them get on the field and either they're not ready or they're not quite ready as far as just jumping in and being ready to play. So, And a lot of these guys, look, it's not just a random middle linebacker who's skipping the game, right? I mean, this is a starting one of your skill guys it's a guy who knows he's going to go pretty high in the draft or has a good feeling he's going to go high in the draft and doesn't want to hurt his draft stock with poor play or an injury and so right. th- these are guys who are definitely going to make a big difference and typically it's offensively right we're not going to see a a free safety sitting out a game because he feels like he's going to get drafted it's typically a running back receiver quarterback something like that so it it, it has it, it did change the complex of some games but for the most part the games played out relatively normally, I guess. Again, we missed a lot of these picks, but I feel like the, the games that the guys who were on the field and making the plays we thought they would did do that.
0: All right, buddy, so there were uh, just a few games specifically I wanted to talk about that I was pretty shocked by the result or they were just really, really good games. The first game that I think really it was that Saturday It was on December 21st, right before Christmas. I think a lot of people probably were not watching. uh, But it was the Mitsubishi Motor Bowl and Las Vegas Bowl uh, in Las Vegas, obviously. Washington, 38, number 19, Boise State, 7. I mean, I thought, you know, me and you talked about the fact that Coach stepped down there's a new guy coming in. Boise State had so much talent. And then the Washington Huskies just get out there and just absolutely dominate Boise State. I mean, Boise State didn't score a single point until the third quarter. And then Washington really laid it on thick after that moment. And I just thought in a super impressive performance.
1: Yeah, and and, and something, a game that we both missed, I believe. In, in oh, yeah. a, Washington, a Washington team that we – we just didn't have a ton of confidence in, of course, a quarterback in Eason who we were really excited about going into the season, and that he, he was he was just he was just kind of flat. I, I don't think he was a guy we expected him to be. Of course, you sit out for as long as he did and try to come back and play. There is going to be some rust, where we felt like, okay, he's going to shake it. Okay, he's going to shake it, and he never really did. But we we were really high on this Boise team, and and, and yes, they're not playing the the most talent, but. They were they're scoring a lot of points. They're playing well on defense. They had a hot streak coming in. And I mean, you're talking about a 12 win team. So we, we didn't expect them to just get snowplowed like this, but it was it was absolutely, they just were never in this football game. Bachmeyer didn't look comfortable. He only had 15 completions. Awful. Two interceptions barely threw for 120 yards. A ground game didn't get going. Nothing, nothing was what we felt like was the normal Boise State offense. So, a big win for, for Washington for sure, a, lot, a ton of momentum going into next year, but just an absolute shocking game in my opinion. I thought the boys would have definitely have a better showing, typically a team that does play well in a bowl game or in the first game of the season when they draw an SEC team or another team in the in the Power Five, and they just absolutely laid an egg in this one.
0: All right, and then the uh, January 1 games that were, you know, uh, surprising to me. I know um, Georgia-Baylor was a good game. Georgia got the win. We both figured that was going to happen. Oregon-Wisconsin, we both picked opposite sides of the ball, and you were able to squeak that out with Oregon finishing that game 28-27, which turned out to be one of the most fun-to-watch games, and I was really shocked by that uh, because when – Seeing this matchup, I thought we were going to see, you know, these two teams that grinded out pretty good. But man, Justin Herbert took care of it and really did it with his legs this this game.
1: Yeah, it was a little bit of a different Oregon offense. I think at this, at this point, it was just handed to Justin as a this year game to win. So win it, win it how you can through the air on the ground. And he he t- took the ball and he ran with it. Literally, it was a that was actually. I would say my top three, as far as exciting games go, uh, my, my number one, of course, would be my Tennessee team and the way we came back with, with right at four minutes and down 22 to nine. But oh, I was going to give was... you a
0: moment to talk <laughs> about it. But go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, this, this game was incredible. I, uh, two really good football teams are really stingy, a really good Wisconsin defense. And we know what they can do offensively with Taylor and the kind of, Back. he is and is going to be at the next level but this game was this is the kind of game and effort i expected out of oregon all season especially in the yeah. end of season if they had played like that against auburn of course they had played like that throughout the season we'd be talking about them and it'd, it'd be a totally different conversation i feel like I mean, oh, yeah. they absolutely would be one of the they'd be in the top four for sure but that was the kind of effort and grit and stick-to-itiveness that i thought that we were going to see the entire season but still Played really well. Had a, a a very impressive win against a very, very good football team in Wisconsin. So uh, I think that's definitely a ton to build on. Herbert played well. He had uh, guys around him. I'm just stock up. Yeah, big time. I mean, he he showed the kind of grit and and just the gamesmanship that a lot of a lot of these teams love to see when it comes to, to playing. Because it, it's a four-quarter game. I mean, regardless if you're down or up, you need to keep playing. And keep fighting, and he did that, man. I mean, he was fighting and scratching, and he just looked like the dog. I feel like he he's gonna take a big a big leap going into next season, going into the draft, excuse me.
0: Yeah, I think all in all, you know, uh, he definitely made himself, um, you know, Justin Herbert. That is. Uh, look like he a top NFL talent. I think that a lot of teams are going to see what he was able to do. Um, you know, the arm wasn't there necessarily. I mean, he still had a pretty good game throwing, but being able to just take that extra step rush for three touchdowns is huge. And I, you know, they, they want a very tough game. I know it's not what they had their, their eyes set on at the beginning of the season, but Oregon was definitely a surprise to me. I know, We both thought they would do decently well uh, finishing where they did, winning the Rose Bowl. Super impressive Um, and very, very good team. I think that they got hot, unfortunately, at the wrong time. And if they could have, you know, played Auburn week five, week six, something like that, they may have won that game too. So who knows? Uh, All in all, very fun game. But since we're talking about Auburn, let's talk about the Outback Bowl. Number 18, Minnesota. Uh, with 31 points to Auburn, number 12s, 24 points. So uh, Minnesota, the Golden Gophers, got a big win against a big-time SEC school and really kind of cemented themselves as having a great season. I'm very excited to see what Minnesota is able to do going forward uh, because this game was very impressive. And I think that the score doesn't really do justice with how much uh, Minnesota really was in control of this game for the majority of it.
1: Yeah, this it, it ended up being being close late, but again like just like you said this is a game I felt like even with it being close late it was still a game that just felt like Mich- excuse me Minnesota was in control of the whole time. This is a team that really looked good. They put up some good numbers against a normally very stingy defense and 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 and, and didn't have much trouble doing so. I, I know that this is a team that open, who opened a lot of eyes, of course, beating Penn State at home. And I almost feel like this team has played well ever since they moved to their new stadium. And they've just kind of – their play has reflected their their new dig somehow. But this is, this is a really good team. I think that they people will need to keep an eye on them next season. I think they will – I don't know if they'll have the same success. 11 wins is just tough to repeat. It's going to be hard, too. But it, it's going to be very hard. But I think they're still going to be competitive. They're going to have a lot to build on. I think that recruiting-wise, it's going to do a lot for them as well and have some guys looking at them, cause especially the way they they are very balanced, but they air the ball out as well, so maybe have some some skilled guys go there. But I, I was expecting I, – I think I'm at the point now where where you have been all season with Nick, so I was expecting more out of him, just maybe a little bit more of a, a, an upturn, an uptick in his productivity or decision-making or – his playmaking ability and it just hasn't happened and yes, he's still young and, and still has a lot a lot a long off season where he can get developed and, and he could burst on the scene next year. But as much as he was talked about to start this season, of course he gets the starting job as a true freshman. I expected to see, oh, this is how a true freshman got the start and he just never really had that moment. So we'll we'll see how the off season treats him as we go into next season, how he looks, but I, I'm starting to go on the other side of the fence. With him
0: yeah just not an impressive performance when they needed it the most i mean i and i understand why that first game against oregon everybody was really hyped up about what they saw from him and i mean big drive took it down the field won the game i get it uh but i just you know uh, he isn't impressive enough for me to lead an sec program And especially one like Auburn that is going to need great quarterback play uh, if it doesn't get great play from everywhere else on the field. And they just weren't able to do it. Great defense, but Minnesota was game plan. They were ready. They were hungry. And they won that football game. And I think in pretty convincing fashion, even though the score was pretty low. All right. And then the final game before we get to the uh, playoff games, because I do want to talk about those. The most surprising of all of college football season for me, not all season, but of uh, the play of the bowl game so far. Number 11, Utah, 10 points. <laughs> yeah. Texas, the Longhorns, 38 points. And yeah. The valero Alamo Bowl, the Texas Longhorns absolutely destroyed Utah, which now I'm starting to wonder, Keith. Is this team only good when they're playing a freakishly good team that they are not supposed to hang in at all, or am I just crazy?
1: I don't know. It's this. This is a team that seemingly should have been able to beat everybody with with the kind of defense they had, and they had, of course, you had, Bob, out Zach Moss and Tyler Huntley. I mean, that backfield is more than capable of putting up a lot of points against a lot of teams. And so for them to to get thrashed like this against, by a Texas team that we both had sold stock in after the TCU game make, absolutely makes no sense. It's, I, I just feel like ever since the Pac-12 championship, Utah has just boned it in. They just didn't want to play up. any ball anymore. And I just don't – I really don't understand, especially – especially Moss in the ground. I figured he would have gone crazy in this game and he just didn't. I and mean, he never really got going on. He had 16 carries for only 57 yards in this game. And I just, I mean, they I demolished him. Yeah. I mean, I, I figured honestly with Moss, I figured those would have been his first possession stats, right? 16 for 57, but let alone, I mean, that's not the whole game. I just don't, I don't really understand that they seemed disinterested and never really in this game at all. They didn't even score until the 3rd quarter and there was only right. a field goal. So that that game was to me the most the most shocking and confusing. I thought Utah would have waxed Texas honestly. I mean, and it, even if they were
0: to, you know, lose that game, which I did think Texas would become prepared to play, uh, but just destroy them the way that they beat Utah I mean that game could have been a lot worse they kind of let off the gas a little bit in the third quarter because they you know were up so big going into the fourth that they really just kind of let off the gas Sam Ellinger had a a great swan song uh four total touchdowns and you know that team that the Texas team that I saw in that game was the one that you would have thought was going to make the playoffs at the beginning of the season? Everybody was talking about this team, what they were capable of doing. They did that finally, at the last game of the season against one of the top teams in the country, but somehow lost five games along the way. And I you know, I, I wish that we would have seen this Texas team the entire season because there's no talent. What we would have been able to uh, see long term from this team, and that that is kind of a bummer. But man, they lay, <laughs> laid the hurt on Utah, and that that is something to worry about if you're Utah. Uh, the the fact that your team was did so well all season and then got demolished in the bowl game against a far you know, inferior opponent and and didn't even put up much of a fight. So that is something I would be concerned about going forward. All right, Keith, let's talk about the two playoff games. There's really not much to say about the first one, the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl. Uh, number four, Oklahoma, twenty-eight. Number one, LSU Tigers, sixty-three. Um, Joe Burrow had eight total touchdowns in the game, uh, which is absolutely insane. 21 points in the first quarter, 28 points in the second. The game was pretty much over from that point on. Um, You know, what was most impressive to me uh, during this game was just how dominant the LSU defense looked. I mean, they made Jalen Hurts and company look pretty stupid. Um, And that was something that I wasn't sure they were going to be able to do. So I've had to completely reassess How I pick LSU um, in these next in this next game because the defense looked so ready and so prepared that I was really kind of shocked.
1: Yeah, they look they did look really good. uh, Not to be overshadowed by the offense or that they were overshadowed by the offense. We knew the offense Burrow's performance was. Well, it's what he's done all season. He, he picked them. He's that's the problem with Burrow is he picks a correct matchup and he goes there the entire game until you make an adjustment and then he goes to his other two receivers who can absolutely abuse you. So the, he he's gonna he is going to make the right play every single game and he has done that so far clearly with with the with the numbers that he has for the entire season. But this is this is a defense that has. Definitely heard all the chatter. They've read all the comments. They've read all the, all the press, and and they know what they have and haven't been, and so they they were up to the task with this game. I feel like early they they was they sustained a quick jab by Oklahoma. Of course, it was it was tied early, and you felt like oh man, this is going to go back and forth. And then you look up and Jefferson fiftieth touchdown of the game, and you are just like okay, never mind. This is this is not what I thought it was going to be. I mean, twenty one points in the first quarter. 28 points in the second quarter you're right. just like well i guess it's time to see if there's a movie on today because this game is is over before it started but this this lsu team is just completely on fire and, and I i think that they will be pushed defensively by this clemson team of course with with trevor lawrence and, and his athletic receivers i think that they have have the ability to do lsu has been doing to other teams and spread the field and Spread the field and and pick up pick the best matchup. Problem is, they're going up against an offense that can hang with NFL teams. So, good luck with that. But the defense will still look the part. They'll still be fast. They'll still be physical. And I think they're going to give Lawrence some issues.
0: And speaking of Trevor Lawrence, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, Clemson number three, twenty nine points. Uh, number two, Ohio State, the Buckeyes, twenty three. Uh, probably the most exciting game, uh, I would say of the weekend, uh, I mean, well of the weekend for sure, but of probably all of bowl season, I think there's probably one or two that compete with it, but just a great matchup. Ohio state jumped up 10 points early. Clemson really kind of rallied, got their defense together uh, Trevor Lawrence had a great game looked the part looked everything we thought he was going to be this season looks like a guy that's ready to play in the NFL took care of a what I probably think was the best team in all of college football Ohio State and made them, you know, really force them to play the game that they wanted them to play. And at the end of the game. Force Justin Fields into making a couple mistakes that we haven't seen him do and really just get that W in a dirty kind of grinded out sort of way where, you know, they've been beating the brakes off of everybody that played. They faced a little adversity and we're still able to get a W. And I think that is super impressive um, coming from this team that, you know, not too, too long ago we thought maybe would lose an overtime to North Carolina.
1: Right, the, clearly the wake up call because they haven't looked back since then. But this has not been not even a, a This no, not even not even close. This this team this this game was was really surprising. It was atypical in in a lot of different ways. Ohio State giving up a lead, and looking good. I mean, they they jumped out to a sixteen nothing lead, and I, I was almost at the point of the foregone conclusion, but they left some red zone visits empty where I feel like another touchdown really would have been tough to overcome for Clemson, even with all the offense. Of course, Clemson, they, they lose i T. T what's, I'm sorry. I'm drawing T the Higgins. blank. The, T Higgins early. Yep. To the head injury. And, and you feel like that the, that the offense is going to sputter, but a couple other guys were hurt too. Yeah. They had, they had some injuries. And so other guys had to step up in ways that they, that were atypical of the offense. I mean, when you look at the stat – when you see the stat line of Trevor Lawrence being the leading rusher for Clemson and ETN being the leading receiver, then you would automatically think, that okay, Clemson lost this game because they're – That's they're confusing. Key players, yeah. Justin Ross and Higgins and other guys aren't making plays. And so you have Lawrence rushing for 107 in the touchdown. The ETN goes wow. for 98. Yeah, 98 and two touchdowns. You're like, okay, Clemson lost that game. But they, they found enough to win. The defense stepped up and played its part. Kept, kept Ohio State out of the end zone for the most part after they're jumping up to the 16 nothing lead, and, and, and all of a sudden we're looking at this Clemson team going to the national title. So they're, they're playing hungry. They are definitely a team that has a, a huge chip on their shoulder. People feel like they shouldn't be here because of their schedule. They feel like they should because they keep winning. So this is a case where they, they again, need to prove themselves. But that was a big-time win considering what they did and didn't have. All right,
0: buddy. So it's time. We've put it off as long as we could. It is time to pick the college football national championship presented by AT&T. This game will be played Monday night, Keith. Number three, Clemson. Number one, LSU. All right. So this one, I think, is one of the harder college football national championship games that we picked. Um last year we both picked Alabama and were pretty confident in that pick. Obviously it was wrong. This one I I've been struggling with ever since I knew that Clemson and LSU were going to play. I think these teams are so evenly matched. Uh what they do well, they do exceptionally well. They don't do a lot of things very badly. I think the offensive line for Clemson and LSU, both teams are great. Both defensive lines are great. Where do you find the biggest problem in this game? So the only factor that I see on LSU that could be considered a weakness is the secondary has let up quite a few yards. Clemson. Trevor Lawrence is definitely the guy that you do not want to have problems letting up big time plays on. He's certainly not that guy. That's not a good recipe for beating Clemson. Clemson really doesn't have a blaring weakness. I mean, their defense is as good as anybody. I I actually think that they are the best in college football and by far the best. Defensive line gets after everybody. There aren't that many weak spots in the secondary. The linebackers play well. I think that the Clemson defense is exceptionally good. Offensively, I think these two teams are really closely matched. I think that um, LSU is obviously better uh, because we've been talking about them all season, and they hung 63 points last, last game that they played. But I do think Clemson's offense is comparable, obviously not as good. Uh, but I think that they are very, very good, which makes this one extremely hard for me to pick. Um, but what I ended up doing, Keith, was I took the, I took into consideration the secondary for LSU being a little bit weaker, uh, and this is a relative term, obviously. I don't want to say that they're weak because they're, (laughs) they're still very, very good, um, And then I went with the fact that Trevor Lawrence has been here before. They won the national championship last season. Dabo Sweeney has now won two national championships with Clemson. And I'm going to pick the Clemson Tigers in this game. I think that push comes to shove if you made me pick a coach. I'm definitely going to pick Dabo Sweeney in this matchup. And I think the Clemson Tigers are going to get the win because I think that all in all, they're a little bit more balanced than LSU. But I think that this game is going to be so good. And I also think that it's going to come down to who wants it more. Can Joe Burrow rally the troops like he's done all season? Definitely there. That is definitely a possibility. But I've seen Trevor Lawrence do it before, and I saw them get tested in a way that I needed to see in order to make this pick. They still got it done, down a couple big receivers. They still got a win, and I think that we're going to see back-to-back national championships for the Clemson Tigers.
1: I agree with all those points outside of your picks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which makes no, no sense whatsoever, right, I know, but Right, right. You've got to throw they, out the logic. They have absolutely answered I feel like they've answered answered critics. look, I know that their schedule isn't the toughest, and I feel like that, that they do still they are still a good football team. I don't want to take that away from them. but I think at this point in, in, in this season, if they weren't playing this LSU team, I would absolutely pick them. but I just I, I just have I'm having an extremely tough time picking against this LSU team. Just because of how they've played all season, the tough games they have played in, the, the close games they have been in, clearly they've won all of them. Of course, the Florida game in Baton Rouge was great. They went back and forth with them. They had a great game against Alabama and, and it was in a, with the Hobble Tua and still played a classic in that game. Of course, they did what they did to Oklahoma, and so all the tests, all the tough Not games very impressed happen- by that. No, no, not defensively. We knew what Oklahoma was going right. to be. While the defense had played better, they still weren't a top tier defense. But all the tests that we wish Clemson had throughout the season, LSU has sustained several times, several weeks playing really good teams. Weekend That's we true. got in conference play, and so while they have been close games against teams that people feel like, well, the quarterback the quarterback isn't that great. People aren't overly high on Trask. People aren't overly high. We're still high on to it but they knew he was hobbled people feel like well that's an indicator that this team is just getting bailed out by the offense but i just feel like that this team has taken taken it on the chin and has still come out on top and so i think that this is just going to be another test i think that an lsu team is just when you're when you're number one you're going to get everybody's best regardless of who you play who you are playing i mean you go to Nashville and play Vandy, and they're going to give you your best for as long as they can, but ultimately going to come out on top, whether that be in the fourth quarter or whether you sustain a couple of jabs in the first quarter and then you assert your dominance. So the way LSU has been playing all season, the way Burrow has been going, the way he has, I mean, he has three receivers who could be a num- number one receiver at any other program and put up just as good as numbers. I mean, these guys are absolute ballers. So I think that it will be extremely tough to to slow down LSU or to even hang with LSU. So while Clemson's gonna have to decide what they're gonna do, obviously defensively they want to slow down LSU. But if it comes down to having a a track meet with them, it's gonna it, to me it's gonna be LSU. They just have too many, too many weapons, and the main weapon in Joe Burrow is gonna be the the main engine that keeps that train going. So I'm gonna take LSU with this. I think this game will be absolutely thrilling. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have a bunch of answers for Joe Burrow, but I think ultimately LSU is going to come out on top. The turnover battle, I don't know. I think that we're going to see it. I think think it's going to be a push. I think it's going to be a push, honestly. I think that we're going to see an equal amount, and so at that point it's just going to come down to who's going to make more plays. And I I trust Burrow and the way he's going this season.
0: So I personally think that we're actually going to see a slower-paced game Um, I think that Clemson's defense is going to do a good enough job to not necessarily stop Joe Burrow, but make it significantly harder than he has had to play all season. And if they can do that, if they can slow the pace of this game down, and they definitely have the capability to do that. The thing that kind of set me over the edge, and I'm sure you remember this game, but when uh, LSU played Ole Miss, Plumlee was able to kind of Not necessarily demolish the defense, I don't think that's the right word, but he was able to spread out the field so much with his legs and kind of drive this team down and keep them off the field enough, but obviously they ended up scoring plenty because Ole Miss isn't very good, but I think we're going to see something similar from the Tigers. Not necessarily see Trevor Lawrence just air it out every single play, but if he runs the ball like they did against Ohio State and he keeps Joe Burrow on the sidelines, which I think is going to be the intention of this team, I don't see how LSU could possibly win. Not to say that their defense isn't good, but I don't think it's anywhere near as good as Clemson. And I also think that they would struggle big time if they had to, you know, Stay on the field for long periods of time, which LSU has been pretty good about, you know, winning games so quickly that it didn't necessarily matter towards the end of the game. So I, I actually think you're right. And I, I mean, I, I think all the points you made were very, very valid. It's also in New Orleans, which adds even more of a big time wrinkle to, you know, every LSU fan is going to be there. And the Clemson fans will probably show up, but they were just there last year. So who knows what that stadium will be like? I'm assuming we're going to see a whole lot of purple and gold. So that's kind of the tricky part. But I still think I I mean, I I do really like Clemson as a team, and I think they are a better all in all team. But man, how do you pick against Joe Burrow? (laughs) I don't know, but I've done it, and I'm gonna stick with my pick. Uh, tigers probably by a touchdown uh,
1: at very, very late in the game. Yeah, you are right. Tigers by a touchdown. He didn't say which one, so we're good on that. Yeah, one. either way, I'm he's, good. He's he's covered, so that was actually a really smart smart pick. It's on. We got you recorded, so you, your pick is down. Tigers I said by a Everybody, go ahead, <laughs> go ahead and run and put put your money down on the tigers.
0: Man, I even think about a Tiger Bowl. Also, one interesting fact that I just realized, well, I heard them talk about, a number one seed has never won the college football playoff.
1: That's interesting, but it's also 20 minutes old, too, so I don't know if that's a big factor. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I mean, that's six years, what, five, six years? I mean, we've we've had enough to where a one seed should have won.
1: It is true. That That is very true.
0: All right, buddy. Do you have any thoughts before we get out of here?
1: Man, I'm honestly just really excited for this game. It, it's it's always nice to watch a game, to watch football, and not be not have just enjoy a good game and not just be so wrapped up in it that you are honestly feel sick because you just you you want your team to come out on top. So I think this is going to be a great game, and I, I think that we're going to be entertained regardless of the outcome. Honestly, I think that these are two really talented teams. And uh, I'm just excited to see how it plays out.
0: Me too, buddy. Super excited. Um, Everyone, thank you so much for listening to From the Stands all season long. We really appreciate it. Uh, We're obviously going to try to come to you guys as frequent as possible uh, to give you some sort of college football news. Obviously, that the the season is going to be over very soon. There will be less and less to talk about. But. Again, we appreciate everybody for listening all season long. Hopefully you got to enjoy us speaking to each other. Keith, as always, had a great season. Thank you so much, buddy. Uh, Everybody else, have a good weekend. Monday night, National Championship. We will talk to you soon.